All right. I'm back. Not yet. <laughs> All right, so we're back. It seems that we were having some issues with our audio and everything like that. We were talking about playoffs. 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 And uh, so now we're actually doing this again. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, had a lot of games and everything like that. Uh, and we won't try it again, see if I actually do it again this time. So, uh, but as far as like, how we are able to actually do this first game that we had was a total blowout complete surprise we're just rehashing what we already talked about uh i personally picked the packers i believe that also you picked the packers but we didn't cowboys you went cowboys oh yeah you actually did so uh so i went with the packers we went he went with the cowboys i basically said hey if they run the ball it's going to really cause some serious problems with dallas and their defense and, you know, because for the most part, to me, Dallas is a finesse team. And that's not only on offense, but also on defense. They're really good at pass rushing. And they're not really good at pass rush defense. Well, shit, I just messed up. But, yeah, pass rushing and then, uh, you know, rush run defense. defense. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, but. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones just ran all over them. Yeah. So. And, I mean, Jordan Love. God, I mean, you can't say enough about the guy. He was just, you know, he could do anything he wanted. You know, he just basically found open receiver after open receiver. It yeah. Was, it was it was just easy. Yeah, it, uh, Isaac's messaging me on something else, but um, oh, there it is. There we go. All right, thanks, Isaac. <laughs> uh, so. We were talking about the Packers, and you know they're the first thing that we also were talking about. Uh, but Jordan Love, you know, y'all got like seriously, Packers. They got uh, really lucky on the fact that with what they had. I mean, you're going from Favre to Rogers to Love, and I mean, this was a game that was complete dominance. I mean, it, it was just amazing display and everything I, you know i hate to say it as a bears fan I'm, but at the same time as an nfl fan this was something that you really sat there and were like wow yeah i mean i think even if you picked the packers you were shocked at how easy it was yeah y'all do have a stud and i mean it it's one of those deals where you, i thought it was going to be close in fact, a lot of these playoff games I thought was going to be close. Another one that I thought, you know, well, we the only one that we said that we were like kind of like there ain't no way that they were going to be able to actually go into, into the other team's home and beat them was actually the Kansas City Dolphins game. Yeah, I think everybody knew the outcome of that game. Yeah, and, you know, what's crazy about that, and we were, we were talking earlier about not only the run, Run of Aaron Jones, but he was really chipping guys like Micah Parsons all night, you know, and the pressure never really got to to love. I don't think they had any sacks, you mm-hmm. know, for a, a pass rushing team to have zero sacks. You know, that, that's pretty impressive for Green Bay. 
And I mean, another thing that, uh, you know, and I don't know which Facebook user you are. I'm guessing this might be David Tate because he would actually ask something like this. But uh, <laughs> uh, Mike McCarthy, could this have been his last game as a Cowboy? Head coach? I mean, it's, it's very possible. Anything's possible with Jerry Jones. Uh, I, right now, I would say they'll probably bring back McCarthy for one more year. Uh, but, you know, with, with guys out there like Belichick, Paul possibly Harbaugh being in the mix. You never know. I mean, Jerry Jones is always quick to pull the trigger. Yes. So, Especially with what he was saying after the game and everything like that. Uh, I'm going to see if I can get the clip to actually play this time. We didn't uh, do what we wanted tonight. Uh, I say this to our fans, uh, how much you deserve uh, us to not have uh, – he looks so bad. I oh, he so old. <laughs> like like y'all took five years off of him <laughs> from yeah, that beating. Those shots of him in the press box, those were just golden. What I'm zeroed in on is the fact that uh, I thought we were in a position, everybody in this room thought we were in a position to advance this thing in the playoffs and maybe uh, get as far as our dreams uh, might take. Yeah, your dreams ain't taking you anywhere right now, bud. And, you know, it's just one of those things where you kind of just like sit back and you just sit in awe, like what just happened. Yeah. I mean, Prescott just had an awful first half. I mean, of course, he threw up some numbers in the, you know, fourth quarter, you know, to kind of pad his stats. But mm -hmm. overall, you know, just the efficiency was just horrible for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Joe touched up on on the other show that we actually have. And uh, we'll get to that in a minute, Isaac, uh, was that, you know, I talked about the fact that, you know, just pound the run, play physical defense, punch the Dallas Cowboys in the mouth, and you should be able to actually win that game. He said, you know, I want Dak Prescott out on the field and I want him to in the game that he can make. Mm -hmm. And he was really right on that. I was like, Senator, I was like, you know, I personally would not want an explosive offense like the Dallas Cowboys to get on the on the field. But the Packers handled them. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean they were, they were between Prescott and Lamb all night. You know, mm -hmm. Jair Alexander uh gave it a go. I think he might have re injured that ankle later, but he was really physical with Lamb and he was just in his ear all night. Yeah. So you Oh, the, the tension between Prescott and Lamb was building through that game, and they just they weren't clicking. No, they weren't. Not at all. Not not like they usually did. I mean, for a while there, it looked like C.D. Lamb was going to be setting some records. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no. He, well, Isaac brought up a point, you know, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But, um. This question right here, and I'm going to go ahead and get into the highlights of the Philadelphia Eagles-Buccaneers game because, yeah, I mean, as bad as the showing that the Cowboys had in their game, the Eagles seem to have like, well, here, hold my beer. I'm, I'm going to yeah. show you how to really look really bad. And, I mean, when we went into this game, we discussed, you know, the fact that Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a really good pass offense the Philadelphia Eagles had a really bad pass defense. And last year, the reason why it was so great was because they were able to put pressure on the passer. 
and create mm-hmm. turnovers and like that. But in the last like seven weeks, they're like Philadelphia. It was like they went into the Bermuda Triangle and they forgot their game. So they didn't even get off the bus in this game. No, I mean this one. The Cowboys look good compared to the Eagles. <laughs> it just it was a wreck. I mean Jalen Hurts is all beat up. You know he has fingers all taped. It's just he's just he hasn't played right the last six weeks, and he probably needs some kind of offseason surgery. Even though I'm sure he wouldn't admit it right now, but um, yeah, I mean Baker Mayfield had a couple bad weeks to end the season, mm-hmm. so I was a little worried. Uh, but as soon as that game started, he was just throwing doms. And I mean, it, whether it was Evans, you know, Godwin, Otten, tight end, Tompkins, he was just picking and choosing. Yeah. And Rashad Smith, had a, he ran physical. You know, he's not a real physical back, but man, he ran really hard last night. And they had Philadelphia off balance all night. And other than the deep shot to Devontae Smith, really, Philadelphia had nothing. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Bucks are booty and we beat the eagles who are more booty <laughs> well i mean look when aj uh i'm sorry aj brown being out huge yes. you know, that, that takes away your physical uh your physical threat you know which i don't know you, you saw um goddard and jalen hurts just going at it on the sideline a couple times and it just seemed like there were some internal problems with philadelphia we'll be predicting a little bit um yeah, no, it, it's just one of those things. You want to have that uh, that physicality uh, with what everyone is actually doing. And the, to me, the Buccaneers are actually a little bit better on pa- uh, than what they are advertised on paper. Yeah, you know, they do have Baker Mayfield, but he does have the world's biggest chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now, with the way that Baker has played, I mean, this year he has over 4,000 yards and he has, you know, 28 touchdowns, yeah. 10 interceptions. I mean, it's his best season they, ever. Since they threw up his NFL. numbers next to Brady last night, Brady from last season, yeah. and numbers were almost identical. Yeah. Would you actually offer him that big contract that they're talking about? I think I would. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that, you know, at the beginning of the season, but, man, I think he's played his way into it. And I don't know. I don't know what what's better out there. I mean, not much. I mean, any, unless you actually go into the draft and try to pick up someone that way, I mean. But then you're having to trade way up just to get in the conversation for some of those top guys. Yeah, and then you you run the risk of getting the next Bryce Young. Yeah. yeah so. I, I think I'd just run it back with Baker. <laughs> True. Uh, so one of the things as far as that goes and bringing up, you know, the fact that they were able to uh, do what they did, we can actually discuss what Stroud did to the Browns. And a lot of people were really uh, hoping for the Browns to actually win this game and go, you know, Flacco fever, take it back to Baltimore, take it back to Baltimore and let the Browns and the Ravens just hash it out. Ah, Man, I can't remember who I picked in this game, but God, he was about, he was almost as good as Jordan Love. I don't know if he was as good, but the game plan for Houston was was perfect. You know, they used, they used all Cleveland's, speed and aggressiveness on defense against them. Right. And I mean, Stroud was just like, just like Jordan Love. He was just back there all day had plenty of time, just throwing doms. Yeah. And I mean, also at the same time, you know, the real backbreaker in my opinion was when the game was like 20 to 13 and Flacco goes out there, throws a pick six. Mm -hmm. So you're sitting there and you're like, okay, now it's 27, 13 still in the game. They still have a chance. And then he goes back out there again. Back to the back. Very next, back to back. 
pick sixes. I mean, like one of my buddies said, you know, it's pretty bad when the Texans have two quarterbacks playing for him. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we should have seen this coming though. Flacco at his age, he's been playing well, uh, but you know, you knew it had to end at some point. The Cinderella story, you know, there's a reason he wasn't on a team most of the season. So, you know, I was, I was a little shocked that it was this easy for Houston, but man, I mean, another thing, Amari Cooper was not near a hundred percent. I mean, he was gimpy the whole game. Uh, so that takes away your best. Well, uh, even David Nujuka was getting blasted. I mean, it just, I don't know. Houston, they've drafted so well, you know, not just with the offense, but mm-hmm. defensively, you know, it, it's just, they're loaded right now. And the coach has done a great job with that defense. Uh, is it greedy? Uh, what's the corner? Greedy? Uh, Derek Stingley. Derek Stingley. What am I thinking of? You're Derek thinking Stingley. of uh, Greedy, who is uh, was Cleveland's bust. Yeah, Greedy D- Williams. Derek Stingley, he's really grown up the last half of the season. Mm-hmm. And he's turned into one of the best corners in the league. So I believe he had five interceptions this year, too. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, he's been that good. That team, just like Green Bay, that team is, to me, for the next probably eight to ten years, going to be – just you know a perennial favorite in that division Mm -hmm. and i know i don't have the highlight right now of uh rams and lions i was kind of rushing and uh the fact that you know my internet seems to be work um messed up right now uh detroit shocked the world in my opinion a lot of people best game of the weekend to me not even close Yeah, I guess that's not saying much. I mean, it was a really, truly one of those games where you sit there and you're watching it all four quarters. And, you know, congratulations to Detroit. I mean, I need to get my applause button up on here. But, you know, you finally did it. First time they got a playoff win since 1991. That tells you something. We mean you were, what, 11 and 13, maybe? Middle school. Yeah. I was going to say I was in the seventh grade. And that's like, you know, hieroglyphics. But uh, when you sit there and you uh, discuss this, I mean, Jared Goff, you know, of course, there was the heartwarming story afterwards where Coach Campbell flipped him the ball and said, you're good enough for Detroit, you know, and it's like tear shed moment. And it was just one of those games where, you know, I expected Stafford to go in there, basically just beat him. And it didn't. He almost did. He almost did. Um. But yeah, I mean, Stafford played amazing. You you can't say anything really negative about the no. about the Rams. I mean, they played about as well as they game. could. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Puka Nakua set a rookie record. Also, I mean, they got a stud, and, and they found them in the fifth round. Can I, I go mean, ahead and drop this guy for fantasy next year? Might I? as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nakua was just unreal. I think 181 yards and a touchdown. Really, I and mean, just unreal. And I mean, they just traded shots all game. You know, golf went out there, just right down the field. Stafford came out there, right down the field. And, you know, really until the second half, the offenses were just dominating. He thought it was going to be like a 40-something to 30-something mm-hmm. game. But the, de- the defense has finally settled in. And, you know, I think Stafford got dinged up. I uh, thought he had a concussion, but they let him come back in. And they just didn't have quite enough, you know, to, to catch up at the end. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it looked like it was real close. And then, of course, the, the little curl route that um, St. Brown did that got an extra and nice blue hair, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like St. Brown a lot. Yeah. He's going to be a stud next year as well. There's some really good young players on those two teams between Nakua, Gibbs, St. Brown. Uh, you know, for I'm trying to think of that, Colin Williams, the running mm-hmm. back for the Rams. Just some really good young players. 
Yeah. I enjoyed that game a lot. That was, that was a fun game. So we do have a question right here. Well, it ain't really a question. It's more of a statement and I'm going to go ahead and scroll back up to it because everyone uh, kind of went crazy right now. Bucks and Packers lose next week. Hmm. So he's basically saying Lions 49ers championship game NFC. I'm probably going to agree with him, even though Bucks and Packers both played unbelievable. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that right I, now. I would personally agree with the 49ers. The the Detroit Lions, it, it's a nice story, mm-hmm. but I just don't I don't know. Mm-hmm. It depends on and we've talked about this before. We talked about, you know, which golf do you get? And he's good enough for Detroit, but is he good enough to get past the divisional round? That's probably the best way I could put it. Yeah, I mean, that's a solid defense that Tampa Bay has. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think Detroit has too many weapons for Tampa Bay, but it wouldn't shock me. I think right now I would I would lean 49ers and Lions, though. So. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, Hopefully it's better games than we had this weekend. Well, definitely uh, better than uh, this game right here. I mean, a lot of people didn't expect this to be any better, but I mean, well, it started at four o'clock on a Monday afternoon. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good uh, after-school snack, I guess, is a good way to put it. Um, really and truthfully, I, you know, no one really gave really the Steelers much of a chance anyway. They did play all right, but at the beginning of the game, they had some uh, turnover issues. Like I'm having some uh, some uh, internet issues because Hargrave. And Thanks, yeah, Hargrave. Great job. Way to make way to make my show look like poo. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, once you get down twenty-one nothing, you know, it's pretty tough when you're playing with Mason Rudolph, your third-string quarterback. Yeah, you're, and you don't, you're not an explosive offense. I mean, Pittsburgh is not built to come back. You know, from a couple of touchdowns no, down, they were running all offense, and also at the f- same token, you got to think that T.J. Watt was out. So, I mean, that's huge for a defense like that. That really puts pressure on the ball. Mm-hmm. But there's just there was just too many weapons for uh for really Pittsburgh to go with, and the fact that they had players getting hurt during the game. I mean, yeah. when they're getting slammed down on the ground and everything, especially when there were a lot of injuries in that game. Yeah, a ton of them. And it it just hurts, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's not my favorite guy, but Josh Allen, man, when you can put pressure on a defense like that with mm-hmm. your ability to run and pass, the guy just, you know, that one uh, play where he faked the slide and just pulled up and just kept running. It's like, that's not fair. That's how you get lit up. <laughs> that's not fair. I mean, the guy might be... Would you say is a better a better dual threat right now than Lamar Jackson? Yes. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, this year his his running ability has just taken it to another level. Yeah. No. Uh, and you know he's playing out of the world. I mean, with what and I do I do agree with this. Uh, I got the Ravens of Forty Niners. Um, I'm Good bouncing call. back and forth between the Ravens and the uh, the Bills, but I mean. We'll see what happens because with the game that's coming up with the Texans in Baltimore, that's going to be a great game. Yeah, um, you're yeah. talking about two great defenses, two good quarterbacks. Uh, really and truthfully, I'd probably give the edge to Baltimore because they seem to have a little bit more on their offensive side as far as weapons go. Mm-hmm. And you know, Zay Flowers seems to be the guy that you know they got 
in the um, draft that really has fit in well. But I mean, what are you thinking about the Super Bowl prediction? Yeah, I mean that's a good call, Ravens and 49ers. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me the way Texans are playing uh, for them to pull that off. I don't like the Ravens running game that much. Uh, Gus Edwards, uh, he's okay, but. I don't know, man. Yeah, well, they also picked up Dalvin Cook, which it yeah. won't be huge, but at the same time, I think it'll be something. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a solid call. I mean, if you pick those two teams, you're you got a good chance of being right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. Steelers, you know, you have to give them credit for calling their way back into that game. They kind of got back into it a little mm-hmm. bit uh, second half. Uh, Pickens uh, had a couple good catches. Uh, Deontay uh, Johnson, I think, had a touchdown. Right, but man, you know they, they got to figure out. Like a lot of teams, they got to figure out their quarterback situation, and hopefully Mike Tomlin's coming back. You know, I know the press conference at the end, he just kind of walked off when they had that question. So I assume he's coming back, but you you know you don't know for sure. Yeah, and you know a lot of people, the big thing that they're actually talking about is the fact that he may actually be going into broadcasting. I mean, I think he'd be good in broadcasting. No, he'd be great in broadcasting. And he still looks fairly young, and he's been there forever. Hmm. Uh, good point right here by Isaac uh, Jackson like Dak has not had playoff success that's very true yeah yeah. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see the Texans win that game yeah um, I, I don't have the stat right now but I don't Lamar Jackson's won like what one playoff game since he's been in the NFL I can think of one I don't know for sure if that's always one but yeah he hasn't had a lot of success yeah so uh well, we're going to uh, go ahead and start moving on to something else real quick. We're going to be talking a little bit about can the NCAA clean up the NIL deals and the, the playoff portals? That's quite a jump. That is a little bit of a jump. We're going back in the day. We're going to share this screen, and I'm going to play something for y'all right here. Hopefully it doesn't blast our uh, – Make no mistake. That, that Matt Rule. That is Matt Rule. You know, a million to a million five to $2 million right now. So just, just, just on the same page, right? Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 on the same page, right? So let's, let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So you know, there's some teams that have six six or seven million dollar players playing for them. So yeah, how much did they pay uh, Georgia's recruit to come there? <laughs> <laughs> they stole him at the last minute. How much did he pay for that guy? And. You know, so there there are some things that I actually kind of uh, I researched up on this a little bit, and you know, it, it's all about the loopholes. It's all about the loopholes, and there's a lot of loopholes. So many So one of the things that I re- and I read up on this and everything, there are laws that are set state by state, and each one of those states have their own NIL law deal. And this is why some schools right now are able to, to get away with what they uh, what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Like some of them, and if they don't have an NIL deal, they have to adhere to the NCAA's rules on the NIL deals. Oh, My head already hurts. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's what's crazy. Now, the thing that a lot of people are really upset about, and you have touched up on this, and you can touch up on it again, is whenever you have right now, you have a say, you got a player, you sign them to an NIL deal as a mm-hmm. freshman. Okay, so he transfers. I'm out. So the very next year, he has that NIL deal, and then he transfers again and plays immediately. Now, the main reason why is that there was a U.S. District Judge, John Preston Bailey, up in West Virginia, mm. that issued— Three names. Yeah, I mean, he, very important, evidently. <laughs> that issued that 
you know, it was basically unlawful for the NCAA to require a player to actually sit out for that second year to actually do this because yeah. you're kind of taking money off of them. Now, the whole reason why they actually did the NIL deals was so that they can make some endorsement money mm -hmm. because there is, there's been stories where you've had people, a lot of people don't realize this because the first thing they say is, Hey, their scholarship should be enough for them. Well, a lot of people don't realize is that those kids will be homeless at one point on those scholarship deals because it, it basically pays for the classes, pay for their books. And that's pretty much it. They football players, athletes will have to go down to the mess hall. They get a little token or whatever it is to go get the food. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just really all knowledge. It's a good idea. The main reason why they did it is so they could probably bring back EA sports, NCAA football, uh, video game. And, you know, there was a lot of backlash. That was something that happened back in the late 2010s. And I, I feel like it's one of the situations you ever heard the expression, like you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. <laughs> I can't remember who used to say that all the time, but I like that one. Um, it's like the Wild West right now. Uh, it's just anything goes, and I have no idea how to regulate it. Um, you know, like Chip Kelly said a few weeks ago, there needs to be one commissioner over all of college football, you know, because there's just too many people muddying the waters right now. Yeah. Uh, it just, I, I don't even know where to start. But I mean, short term, I'd like to see a rule mandating that players have to stay for at least two years before transferring. So basically if they get their NIL deal as a freshman, they have to wait till after their sophomore year to get a yeah, second one. This minimum. I mean, I don't have a problem with you transferring and playing immediately or even transferring twice, but you know, there has to be some kind of limitations on this because these coaches, and I think this had a little bit to do with what Saban uh, was considering when he retired is you can bring these guys in and then you have to re-recruit them every offseason. They're going to be approached by all these other teams with better NIL deals than what they're currently getting. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how do you how do you have enough time to re-recruit guys that you already recruited your school when you have to be out there recruiting freshmen to come in? And that's one of the other points is that it actually hurts the recruiting process for high school players. Yeah, it, it has to. And the windows for the transfer portal you know, they're pretty limited a couple weeks in December. And I think a couple weeks uh, after spring football. So, mm -hmm. I mean, look at the situation with Saban right now. It's like all these Alabama players are saying, you know, I want to transfer or, you know, I, I had no idea he was going to retire. You know, I should be able to get out of my deal. So it's like, where do you, where do you draw the line? And, you know, this is one of the things, and I'm guessing David, just let me know if this is you, David Tate. Um, they won't clean it up. Whoever this is, please tell me who your name is. What's your name? Um, I mean, they're probably right. They yeah. probably won't clean it up. Yeah, and I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. A lot of people, what a lot of people feel like it's going to happen, and I can actually see this, is that the NCAA is going to probably get basically just eliminated at yeah. the point where it's going to just be the conferences, the players, and they're just going to be doing the free agency. It's basically, that's all it is. It's free agency for college. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, you don't really want to uh, Facebook user your name because <laughs> it ain't showing me your name like it, it shows Isaac his name, but it's because he's verified. It's not showing your name because you're not verified or whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, it's Patty Ice. Ooh. Look at Patty Ice. Welcome back, Patty. 
Hey, Patty. <laughs> um, I'm sure Patty's not upset about saving retirement because now they're the clear. Well, now that daddy has left the house and he took the belt with him, I mean, now it gives him a chance to actually win. I mean, for a while there, you know, you might as well have called it Atlanta, Alabama. I mean, as much times as we were winning there, eight and one, baby. Yeah. I mean, I got one more thing on the NIL thing. So, you know, I, I don't know. Some of these guys signed like up, two year, three year, four year NIL deals. So I don't have a problem with you transferring, but I feel like if you signed a three year NIL deal, you should have to pay that money back to the school if, or to whoever, you know, paid you the NIL uh, when you transfer, you know, that way maybe they can limit some of this because, you know, don't come in there and take, take the money and then be like, you know, I'm going, you know, I'm going out for a better NIL deal now. Yeah. Now that I've been here one year. So, I mean, I don't know who is going to govern this thing, but they've got to come up with something and they need to do it quick because it's just getting out of hand. I mean, we, we saw some of the coaches, the Florida state situation, you know, comes to mind, uh, which they just got slapped on the wrist last week for some violations. Well, that's because they were paying their uh, players without reporting it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the IRS does not like that. Jeez. It's just a mess right now. I mean, I love the college game, but right now it, it it's it, becoming more of a pro game now. Yeah. It, it's just a mess. Uh, do you want to go NBA or do you want to do potential landing spots? I should have probably did potential landing spots and then. Uh, yeah, let's do landing spots. All right. So there's more than a few coaching gigs that are still open right now. Of course, New England has already been filled with. Uh, with Jared Mayo being extended into head coaching, which was evidently in his contract of all things. Hmm. So I've not heard that. Yeah, no, it, it was actually written down in this contract that he was going to be the man after, uh, after Bill check. Well, they said step, step down, but no, he got, he got fired. Yeah. Um, but right now, uh, Seattle chargers, Titans, Falcons, commanders, uh, and Las Vegas and the Panthers are just a few of the teams right now that they really are ready for uh, a new coach. And okay. I do have predictions on who I think is going to go where, but we'll just go with your home team. We'll go with Atlanta Falcons first, man. Make you make you get hot. Uh-huh. Man, just thinking about the Falcons. I'm getting worked up. <laughs> All right, so who you got for the Falcons? You want me to go first? You go ahead and go first. I want to see if we actually agree on some of these things. All right, and just because Rob Gronkowski said this, I'm going with Belichick for the Falcons. Oof. And why is that? I just think Arthur Blank, he finally is going to go with a proven guy, and it reminds me of when he first came to the Falcons or first brought the Falcons. He went with Dan Reeves, mm-hmm. and that really was the most stability that the Falcons And though Dan Reeves, you know, it took him a little while to get there, but eventually he got him to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying Belichick has a lot of time left, but mm-hmm. he gives them stability and he definitely will solidify that defense. So. I like that. But actually, I went with Mike Vrabel. Okay. And the main reason why I'll is... Vrabel. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the if you look at the two teams, you look at the Falcons and the Titans, they're built very similar. They yep. got a really good, not great defense, but they really focus on really just controlling the ball and making sure you can't burn them deep. They're, they got two running backs instead of just one, as far as like Robinson and Aguilera. They got one stud that's on the outside with Drake London. And, you know, if they ever unlock the potential of Kyle Pitts, Mr. Generational Talent himself. I'm about to give up on that. <laughs> then, you know, it just really feels like they're just a quarterback away. 
Mm-hmm. Now, if Belichick did land there, you know that you would actually get probably a, a veteran, uh, someone mm-hmm. like uh, I would say uh, Baker Mayfield. If if the Bucks were actually to let him go, which I don't see that happening either, yeah. but especially not somebody in their own division. No, but Vabral would be that guy that would actually take the time, which is why I don't really like Bill Belichick going there. We'll take the time to whenever y'all draft a quarterback, probably in this draft, because mm-hmm. you're high enough. I think y'all have the eighth pick, which we'll discuss later, and probably get a Jaden Daniels or a Michael Penix Jr. Mm. I don't think Daniels or uh, Penix will be there, but I would take a Bo Nix if he was still there. Uh, and then I would also consider which obviously my Tennessee ties uh, might influence this. Don't uh, say that. Opinion, Don't say it. Don't say I would it. also maybe a trade for Hendon Hooker since he's just stuck behind golf and probably will be for the next three or four years. Uh, so, <laughs> come on. <Hendon> Hooker. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I agree. I do think they go quarterback in some, in some way, but, well, Hayden Hooker, I think a lot of people that are sitting there. Uh, yeah, no, they Yeah, Belichick did meet with Atlanta today, actually. Oh, my God. They've interviewed like 12 people. Yeah. I mean, me and you are the only people that haven't got interviews. <laughs> well, we'd probably be probably more in line at, than Belichick, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, next team I have on this slide is just because we just mentioned the Falcons, Mike Verbal being gone, Tennessee Titans. Oh, you want me to go first? You go first. You'll go first on all of these. Mm, okay. Well, that makes it kind of easy. Who do I have for the uh, Titans? I'm trying to recall. So I've got the Houston offense coordinator mm. for the Titans. Oh, well, we're both thinking offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the guy has been super impressive uh, with the with the Texans. I mean, I know he came over. He's part of the Shanahan tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they've said this like every game that he started on the defensive side. You know, Shanahan put him on the defensive side just so he could see it from the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And since then, I think he might been the passing game coordinator for San Francisco. And then this year, obviously, the wonders he's done with uh, Stroud. You know, he's just he, he's one of those young guys. And Shanahan, he puts out some good assistant mm-hmm. coaches. Yes, so he does. Obviously, Tennessee being in the same division has seen him up close multiple times. Uh, and I don't know. I just I think that'd be a good fit for them. you're welcome you're welcome uh so me and you did think offense now the person i thought was ben johnson who is the offensive coordinator for the lions and the main reason why is because they got you got well levis already there work with someone that is a offensive girl that one that will take magic with jared goff i'm pretty sure he can make magic with will levis yeah yeah i mean ben johnson he's, he's a good call that was probably my second or third choice but I think everybody is interviewing Ben Johnson right now. I think the Falcons have too. Yeah. No, he's a hot name right now. Yeah. yeah he's, done, it, he's done a great job. Yes, he has. Uh, we're going west. Let's hit up some Seattle. Seattle. Hmm. Seattle, I think I'll um, – and part of this is because they're, they're so familiar with the guy, Dan Quinn, who came from Seattle originally, defense coordinator mm-hmm. there for years. Had a little success with Atlanta, but then obviously most recently with Dallas. I thought he did a great job with Dallas the last couple of years until this last game with the, against the Packers. <laughs> when for some reason he, he yeah. decided to play soft the whole game. Uh, but I, I'm going Dan Quinn just because of the familiarity. 
with the Seahawks. I also went with Dan Quinn. Oh, nice. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you sit there and you like, did he really just like mess up his chance of actually being a coach? I mean, <laughs> he tried to. He tried his hardest. Man. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's just one of those things. Like, of course, whenever I pick something like this, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, oh, you know, he's going to be really good. He's going to be great. You know, this would be a perfect spot for him. And he just goes out there and just lays an egg, just sits there in the middle of the field all over the place. So, yeah. Yeah. I still think he'll, he'll he's my top choice for Seattle. Okay. Let's go south. LA Chargers. Hmm. Chargers. Man, I, I still I just feel like there's too much smoke uh, coming from Harbaugh. You know, it just seems like it's been going on for weeks now. And I think he finally interviewed, right, today or mm-hmm. yesterday? Today. Yeah. At I, around 1 o'clock. They were talking about it constantly with yeah. ESPN. I, I don't think he would interview if there wasn't something to it, you know, if there wasn't a good chance. So I'll go Jim Harbaugh, which would be a slam dunk for the Chargers. I also went with Jim Harbaugh. Nice. I just think that after the whole Michigan thing, you win the national championship. What else do you have to prove in the college ranks? You already went left college to go to the pros. And I really feel like he's going to be the type of person that wants to get that Super Bowl win. You know, he already commented in the fact that he can be a big boy now, sit at the table and be able to eat with his brother, his dad, who are also national champions in the Super Bowl champion. So, I mean, I really think that Jim Harbaugh would be a great fit for him. If yeah. if Bill Belichick doesn't go to any other teams, this is the team I would think he would go to because it has everything that he looks for. He has a veteran quarterback. He has an offense that he doesn't have to touch. He'll bring in Josh McDaniels again. And, <laughs> and he'll fix that defense is really what needs to be fixed there. Okay, so Belichick's your second choice. You're running around. Belichick would be my second choice if I was the Chargers. Okay. So, you know, I, well, I wouldn't say like he's my second choice. I mean, I don't really care for the guy. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you want, we can always just reminisce. New England Patriots and the coaching tree. We don't have time for that. No, we don't. So we'll actually go to the place where uh, Josh Daniels got fired from. We're talking Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Uh, Vegas, baby. Vegas. I think they'll stick with Pierce. I mean, uh, I'm not real confident in this, but I think they'll stay with him. He just did such a good job at the end of the season. Uh, and, you know, I know he doesn't have much of a track record, but we saw with Carolina and Wilkes last year, mm-hmm. I think they made the wrong choice there. I think they did. Hopefully the Raiders will make the right choice and give Pierce at least a little time, you know, to show that this wasn't kind of a, you know, just a, a blip mm-hmm. and that he really is a good coach. I also. Yeah, went for Antonio Pierce. Now, now, what's crazy about this is uh, he hasn't really been formally requested an interview with them. Now, the Titans have actually requested an interview for Antonio Pierce. Yeah, I believe the Falcons might have interviewed him. Why not? I mean, you saw what he did. He changed the culture. I mean, and that's what you really want. You want, you know, in a game that is all about inches and everything, you want to have someone that will actually put the foot in their butts to actually get them to do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, 
that I I think Antonio Pierce sh- should be the guy that the Las Vegas Raiders take up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we got two more teams. We got Carolina and Washington. Which one you want? Ooh, let's do Carolina first. Ooh, okay. Go ahead. So I got a little wild card with Carolina. I mean, I know this is a name that's gotten a lot of hype with Carolina, but when you're Carolina, you really can't be picky because let's be honest, y'all sucked. Nobody really wants to go. To- <laughs> uh, so I'm going with Dave Canales, the OC for Tampa Bay. Ooh, this guy, he's been a quarterback whisperer uh, for years now, even turned Baker Mayfield into a really solid quarterback this year. Uh, he spent most of his career with Seattle, uh, which, you know, maybe, well, but he did a fabulous job with Genia Smith, you know, basically mm-hmm. made him what the comeback player of the year last year. Yeah. Uh, so, and prior to that, he coached up Russell Wilson for years. You know, I think he spent like 10 years with the Seahawks. Uh, but the Panthers' biggest investment, obviously, is Bryce Young. So, who better to take than a proven quarterback guru? Yeah. And I mean, the only concern with Canales is in a first year OC, kind of like um, the Houston OC, he was a passing game coordinator with the Seahawks, as he just doesn't have much of a track record. But Carolina can't be picky at this point. No, they can't. Yeah, that, that's my choice. Kind of a out of left field choice, I guess. I like it. I like it. I went with Brian Cal- Callahan, OC for uh, the Bengals. Mm. I seen what he did with uh, Joe Burrow, mm. with Joe Burrow, and uh, has a bigger a bigger cannon than what Bryce Young has. And I mean, there's a lot of people that really speculate the arm strength of Bryce Young. Look, not every quarterback is going to have the arm like a Patrick Mahomes. And a you know Josh Allen, it's just not going to happen, no. you know. Uh, but rare. but as far as their running ability and everything, very similar. In fact, I would actually give more of a nod to Bryce Young as mm-hmm. far as that goes. He just has decent pocket yeah. path presence, but you can't really have much pocket presence when you don't have an offensive line that ain't blocking or a running back that would be number two elsewhere. Or a whole bunch of castoffs, a wide receiver and that tight end. I mean, the whole team it just Dumpster fire. I mean, if there is a team worse than the New England Patriots, it's the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and that's I mean, not even saying the record. The defensive, okay, but the offense is just a mess. I yeah, mean, they really messed up with that trade. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, they did. I've been regretting that for years. I've been smiling ever since. But uh, yeah, Brian Callahan. I just think that he would be able to actually work some magic. He already did with Joe Burrow. I think he could actually per- pretty much do it with. Uh, Where was Callahan at before Cincinnati? Because I know that name. Uh, I just can't think of where he was before Cincinnati. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I really don't know. Okay. Well, that's all right. Let's move <laughs> on to the uh, next one, Commanders. To the other dumpster fire that is in the NFL right now, who it just really felt like they just gave up halfway through the season. I don't know. All right. You go ahead and go. Yeah, I'll go uh, Ben Johnson, uh, the Commanders. I know you already took Ben Johnson going elsewhere, but yeah. obviously he's one of the best up-and-coming minds in football. And what he's done with Detroit, just you get fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think they'll go with Airbnb, who many thought was kind of like a coach in waiting. And that's what I would have thought too. Yeah, I mean he I did just, he did all right work with Sam Howell. Yeah, I, I mean he did okay, but you saw the collapse last half of the season. I just think they want like a fresh start, fresh face. So I mean, I think Ben Johnson's perfect guy for them. Mad, Magic Johnson's just gonna just can him and just be like, you're out. So I mean, other than Dan Quinn, we have a bunch of offensive guys. Yeah. Well. With what I picked for Washington, uh, is not an offensive guy. He oh. is actually uh, 
of course, Benami has not been interviewed yet for the Washington, even though a lot of people are like, yeah, you should get it, but he's mm-hmm. not been interviewed. I went with Anthony Weaver, Ooh, assistant Weaver. head coach and defensive line coach for the Baltimore Ravens. Wow, that's a good choice. I mean, Weaver's been a really solid coach for years now. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, it's kind of crazy. I saw that uh, uh, Leslie Frazier was actually interviewed for the Chargers position, but I don't know if that was because of the wow. Rooney rule or what, because I thought he was out of the NFL for a couple of years. I haven't heard that name in a little while. He didn't really have much success as previous. No. No, he did not. Yeah, Weaver was a good call. I mean, yeah, we need some defensive guys in there too. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And I'm all about the defense, baby. Yeah. So that pretty much does it with the NFL coaching positions. We are now going to go to to the NBA Young Guns, and we're not talking about what John Morant uh, Morant does. So I mean, we went. Uh, Never I asked you. Shot. Never fired a shot. <laughs> sure, uh, but uh, we you, you said that you went with seven players. I went ahead and just did seven two, just just because I wanted to actually match you, and this is more. Your deal. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really been able to watch much basketball. I have full season hockey tickets. That's taken up a lot more time than I thought it would. And also doing this podcast, and we will have other me- uh, a message for you later that uh, is really exciting for me, potentially Seth, and also a couple other people. But uh, first off, you go ahead and lead us off, man. Oh, I might have gone over seven. Did I tell you seven? You told me seven. Did you put like 20 in there? Did you put no, the whole team in there? It's not 20. Uh, so I'll start off with talking okay. about practice. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of NBA either, and usually I don't until after uh, football season. Uh, but I have you know, watched a few games here and there. And once again, OKC has two of the best young players in the game with Jalen Williams. Uh, they can actually keep them together this time. Them right there, you know, it's the best kind of them. <laughs> <laughs> but fun to watch. Uh, so I, I love that core they have. I it wouldn't play for a second. My uh, camera just went out, so a delay there. Uh, so obviously, Wimby in San Antonio has so far lived up to expectations, leading the league in blocks, averaging, averaging a double to 19 points and 10 rebounds. So, I mean, for a first year guy, I know a lot of people thought he was just too skinny, uh, but he's just you know, he's been unreal so far. Not you know, the team doesn't have a good record, but he's been the one bright spot kind of. Uh, another promising big man, second year Cav Evan Mobley, Mobley, who is currently injured, but he was averaging sixteen and ten. He plays outstanding defense. Uh, Paulo Benchero and Scoot Henderson, two elite scorers that put up huge points for the Magic and the Blazers. And then, of course, the only bright spot for Detroit, Cade Cunningham, who's killing it in the second year with the Pistons. I love Cunningham. He's averaging two, 22 points a game and seven assists per game. Um, two other guys, a little bit older, Jalen Green, Anthony Edwards with the T-Wolves. Green is a pure scorer, great three-point shooter. Edwards is just an explosive slasher. He gets to the rim with ease, and he's averaging tw- What? And, I mean, he's from Georgia. You know, Georgia Bulldogs don't really put out many good basketball players. But, you know, he's just been he's been awesome this first three years. Uh, my personal favorite, Tyrese Halliburton, who – Hopefully I'm not butchering his name. No, you uh, said it right. The point guard for the Pacers who came over from the Kings. I watched him a lot during that little in-season tournament, uh, you know, against the Lakers. He averages over 23 points and ridiculous 13 assists per game. 13 assists. 
I think he's sustained like a minor injury recently, but he should be back on the court soon. Mm -hmm. I think that guy is just going to be, you know, just a superstar for the next 10 years. Can you run through your seven again real quick? I might have more than seven, but so I had the seven that you said. I had Jalen Williams and Holgram from OKC. At Wimby, okay. obviously, Antonio. Okay. Mobley from the Cavs. Scoot okay. Henderson from the Blazers. Uh, I have Benchero from the Magic. Okay. And I had Jalen Green from Houston. Anthony Edwards from the T-Wolves. And then lastly, I had Halliburton from Pacers. All right. So right now, you're going to be the only person they look at because my camera just went completely wow. out. So congratulations. <laughs> you get to look at all that stud while yes. I sit here and I talk about my seven people. So my seven people, uh, you already said, Paolo, Bacero and also Tyrese Halliburton. Those were two of my seven that I have on it. Well, Anthony Edwards too, because he actually is one of my favorite players because he was one of the ones that actually stood up for the fans as far as the all-star game last year, mm -hmm. where he said, you know, if we come out here and we just lay an egg and just really do not perform for the fans, we're doing them a disservice. So you already won like some serious brownie points whenever you say something like that. So thank you. He is like, violent attacker of the rim. You know, it reminds me a little bit of Vince Carter. He yeah, did this like it's perfect. He punishes the rim when he not not overly huge, but also a really good player. Uh I actually went with uh one of them is Tyrese Mace Maxey, uh oh, out yeah, of Philadelphia. Yeah. Uh it seems like after you know the whole James Harden facade where they just basically were like we're tired of your crap. We're gonna send you off. Uh he kind of took off this year. I mean he was already doing pretty good coming off the bench, but Right now he's averaging playoffs last year. Yeah. yeah. Well, right now he's averaging twenty six point one points a game, three point six uh rebounds and six point six. Yeah. How old is Maxi? I, I don't know how I left him off my list. That's a good call. He's uh twenty two. Twenty one or twenty two. No, I I purposely after you told me the age and also one of the other things uh Seth did for this, he's like, I want everyone to be under twenty three. So that way you explain Luca or SGA. SGA. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you, I really had to dig a little bit. That's a good call on Maxi. I don't know how I left him off on this. Uh, another one that I actually like, but, he, you know, he's been played by injury since he's been in an NBA is LaMelo Ball. I really like what he's been doing up in Charlotte. He's pretty much the only guy. I mean, they do have they do have your boy uh, uh, Brandon Miller. At it, you know, sin. <laughs> How's he doing, by the way? He's doing all right. <laughs> you know, he's, you know, making things happen. You know, looking at guns, <laughs> but uh, Lamelo Ball, he's been uh doing pretty good, and uh, unfortunately, he got injured again. Uh, right now, out of the possible 283 games, he's played in 63 percent, which is only 179. Okay, and this is your 21 2021 rookie of the year. But you know, Charlotte, they're they're really thirsting for something, and yeah, really and truthfully, he's the man that could probably take him there. Yeah. Um, between him and Miller, hopefully they have a good foundation because Charlotte has been just so bad for so long. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like the Detroit Lions of the NFL. Is, yeah. You'd like to see them have a little success. Yeah. Uh, another one, you already said Tyrese Halliburton, and then I move up to my fourth one, which I was actually kind of surprised that he was this young. But uh, only 22 years old. We're talking about Zion Williamson. God, is he only 21? It feels like he's yeah. been in the league for five years. Exactly. Well, and he has been in the league for five years. That's what's crazy. He just hasn't turned 23 yet, and I hear to the, your rule. Uh, you know, ever since he got drafted number one overall, he was always kind of looked at as a generational talent. But the only thing that's been generational is the fact that he can't stay away from the refrigerator. And <laughs> that and injuries, you know. Yeah. 
take a stab at how many games he's missed? Gosh. Less. Less? Less than 50? 40 of the games he's been able to play in. He has made only 147 games out of possible 358. That is including the year that he missed a whole season because of foot injury. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, he he has talent. He's big. You know, he can do it right now, and he's fairly healthy this year. He's scoring 22 points a game. His career average is 25, 6'6", six, six, and uh, 3'8", as far as, like, his, you know, his numbers going from points, yeah. rebounds, and assists. But, you know, of course, right now, it doesn't really feel like he's the guy anymore. It feels like he's a guy. Yeah, yeah, the expectations, you know, after his first year have just been off the charts, and he hasn't been able to live up to them. But, yeah, I mean, as long as he's healthy and on the court, you know, the guy's a player. And I've always rooted for him. I always had a thing for Duke basketball. So, you know, obviously being a great from Duke, uh, just it'd be nice to see him uh, get, you know, get them deep in the playoffs. Because I know he has a lot of weight on his shoulders. (laughs) 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 Yes, he does, Seth. That way he can stay healthy this year. (laughs) Um, I did uh, Paolo Bacchero, uh on the next one. I did Anthony Edwards as my number two. My number one, believe it or not, is Mr. Gun Toter himself, John Morant, who injured oh, is he his... only 23 too? Jeez. Yeah. He, no, he's 22. God, I yeah, did a no, bad job. <laughs> uh, right now, he's averaging 22.5 points a game, uh, 5.6 rebounds a game, and 8.1 assists. I mean, I was actually kind of impressed with the fact that he's got that many assists, but I've seen his highlights. You know, unfortunately, where we live, we don't really get to see many of his games. And if you don't have cable, you're definitely not going to see any of his games. Uh, but yeah, no, he was already an all NBA player uh, last year. And, you know, you know, he injured his shoulder, unfortunately, this past January 8th, where it really looked like he was going to exceed what he did before when he was comeback player. And I think he had 25 points per game before he injured his shoulder. Yeah. I mean, John Morant is a dude, you know, just you hate to see what happened with him last year in the suspension, but hopefully he's surrounded himself with better people now and learned a lesson from it. But God, the guy is just unreal. I mean, I, I guess I just took for granted that he was that young, uh, but man, you know, they're already a playoff team and if he can stay healthy, that can be a team that you have to reckon with for the next decade. Yeah. So I think your list might be better than mine. No, you, no your list is great, man. I think I went like really, really <laughs> young players. <laughs> I should have said 20, 22 or younger. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah was, that, uh, that's a good look. Thank you. You know, I, I've been getting back in the NBA a little bit, but obviously being a huge Kobe guy, uh, you know, I kind of lost interest for a little while, but there is some great young talent in the NBA right now. Well, I mean, you look at me. I mean, I was a Seattle Supersonics fan, and everyone's like, "Hey, you know, why don't you like the Oklahoma City Thunder?" And I'm like, "No, yeah." I uh, said, it's "Still, life baffles me that Seattle doesn't have a team." We're going to get a team one day. It's not right. No, it ain't. Good list. No, thank you. Uh, so we're going to go and uh, segue into something a little bit more down my road, but uh. Gonna we'll be talking about state of the franchise. Are you still not on camera? I am not on camera. <laughs> it is the Seth show right now. <laughs> so uh first one up, and uh, of course, just to really just show how bad they were. I have a clip of the Los Angeles Chargers, five and twelve. So 
This team oh, is. Oh God, the Raiders game. Yeah, at like sixty to twenty-one. Well, the, and the main reason why I picked this game is because the very first thing I'm going to say is Brandon Staley was let go after team struggles this year and was twenty-four and twenty-four in three seasons with him. So, I mean, call it for what it is. Uh, number two, easily the most talented team ever to go five and twelve. I would even say five and eleven before they did that. But they do have a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. They will, you know, one of the questions that I'll ask afterwards is, will they re-sign Austin Eckler? I don't think so, no. personally. No. Not after what I've been seeing. Yeah, I think you saw a little bit of um, uh, him slowing down this year. I don't think his production was nearly mm -hmm. as has been the last couple of years. Yeah, and they've been dealing with a lot of injuries with their uh, star players. Keenan Allen actually stayed healthy for the most part, but he will be getting a very healthy uh, roster bonus on uh, March 17th. Dude is making 34 million next year. Yeah. If they keep it. And I think his roster bonus is like 8 million. Jeez. Like it's just crazy. Just to say you're on the team. And then Mike Williams was uh, injured and put on the IR pretty much near the beginning of the season. Yeah. I think he played three games. Yeah. He didn't play much. Yeah. Quentin Johnson was a little bit of a disappointment. Oh, he was a huge disappointment. No one dropped him better. Yeah. So I, I mean, think I dropped him too. <laughs> I think all of us dropped him. Yeah, I think he uh, took all the – he was on everyone's team at one time. Now, one thing about the, the Chargers, uh, they have some great defensive pieces like Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, uh, Ashante Samuel Jr. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got the pieces. I just feel like it was the scheme that Brandon Staley had that just really didn't do anything. Yeah, and he's supposed to be a defensive coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my big thing with the, the Chargers is I feel like they're too top-heavy. You know, they pay – a lot of money to these top guys, uh, you know, you mentioned some of the names, but I don't feel like they have any depth, you know, outside of those top guys. Right. And, you know, they just, they, they need a good cover corner, which would, I guess that would be my prediction on what they draft in the first round this year. Okay. But the D has to get fixed. I mean, they're paying way too much to be 28th in the league. No, I agree. Uh, that's just unacceptable. Uh, and then, like we said, I think Eckler moves on either, you know, promote, John Kelly or someone to to that position or maybe draft the guy in the third or fourth round. But the Chargers, assuming they get a guy like Harbaugh, got to get the D fixed. And mm -hmm. they do have, I think, about $44 million, uh in cap space. Yeah. Uh, so me personally, I would cut Mike Williams. He would be on block uh, just done. instantly. Yeah. So I think there's a little dead money, but I think you'd be saving about $20 million just by cutting him. Mm -hmm. So that gives you about $60 million to work with. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's just my two cents. But obviously, you get a guy, a guy like Harbaugh instantly, I think they're a playoff contender. No, I agree with that. Uh, they're free agents to be right now. Uh, as far as the ones that I saw that were worth it, anything, um, is Jared Everett, their tight end, uh, Austin Eckler, uh, Josh Kelly, who is the backup to Austin Eckler, and Kenneth Murray, who was actually second in tackles, a linebacker for their team. Yeah. So, no, no big names, really, no, other than no that. Yeah. Um, so like you said, you're saying a cover corner. I actually went offense because, you know, you, there's another thing that's going to happen and, and ne not this year, but next year, a lot of the receivers, Palmer, Allen and Williams are all due to become free agents. I believe next year. Mm -hmm. So, uh, they're, you know, it's possible that they will cut, cut. Um, I think they will cut Keenan Allen. They'll go Allen instead of Williams. I think they're going to cut them both. Okay. Because well, that would save you a lot of money. Yeah. 
in the long run, I guess it would. But uh, they're going to be drafting fifth, you know, team names, cornerback, defensive tackle, off offensive tackle, running back, and tight end. My personal pick is I think that they're going to get Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia. I think he would be able to fit in seamlessly there. They'll have that same tight end threat that they used to have back when they had Phillip Rivers with Antonio Gates mm-hmm. and even Hunter Henry to a, a late, a earlier degree, I guess. But they haven't really had a true threat going down the middle. I mean, Everett's good and all. You know, he's he's good enough to yeah. start. Yeah, he's okay. But he's not going to be that person that can really change the game for you. No. No, I mean, Bowers is probably the best tight end prospect uh, the last five years uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. So, yeah, I can't I can't really question that. If they go with Bowers, that's, that's, a, that's a good choice too. Thank you. Uh, either that or cover corner. But, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, I think they can be back pretty quick because they have some solid pieces. They're not one of those teams, you know, like the Panthers, you know, the Giants that are just, you know, just desperate for any kind of playmaker. You know, yeah. they have some guys, but I think you need to keep either Allen or Williams. I wouldn't cut both, but, you know, I, it would save you a lot of money. Well, in this case, I mean, you look at how many injuries. I mean, how many times has uh, Mike Williams been hurt? Oh, between the two of them, one of them's always hurt. <laughs> it is, it's guaranteed every year true who we got next oh man well you kind of mentioned them already we're going giants bro Ooh. and uh so the new york giants went six and eleven dave DeBell will hopefully be looking for their quarterback of the future daniel jones was not was given a contract that they really just panicked into we've talked about twenty thousand times but you know, do they really have what they need at quarterback with tommy devito who played actually really well you know, he he went three and three. Play better than Jones. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyone would play better than Jones. I mean, jo- Jones is a joke in itself. But he had uh, 1,101 yards, eight touchdowns, three interceptions. Last time they had a 1,000-yard receiver uh, was back in 2018 with OBJ, and he God. barely got it. Yeah. And uh, Saquon Bar- Barkley is most likely gone, as well as his backup, Matt Breda. Uh, the defense, who ranked 24th in points against, their uh, by the way, their defensive tack, uh, their defensive coordinator is now gone. Uh, Martindale, I kind of saw that coming after we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Um, but they were 24th in points against with 27 due to constantly being in the field. I mean, when you're turning the ball over, it's just going to be tired. And yeah, yeah. they uh, in tackles they were led by Bobby. I'm going to butcher it. Oh, a creaky. Thank you. Thank you. See, thanks. That's man. You're like John Stockton. I'm, I'm not a butcher to do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you said it better than if me. If you just say it with confidence, then it might be true. Oh, creaky. Oh, there you go. That's probably right. Uh, so, uh, Dexter Lawrence was their leading sacker at four and a half. Think about that. Four and a half. Man. Four. <laughs> That's not many sacks. I mean, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau was, you know, also, I think he also had four and a half too, but it, it Dexter Lawrence really kind of shocked me when I saw the Giants have a really good young core to build around. And they do have a bad run defense, which was ranked 29th in yards given up. Free agents to be Barkley, Adore Jackson, Isaiah Simmons, Paris Campbell. Go for it. Uh yeah, I mean, after I really promised in 2022, the Giants were kind of back to square one. Yeah. I mean, they overpaid a decent quarterback. They had one good year. I wouldn't even say decent. <laughs> <laughs> and they still have a huge <laughs> lack of playmakers. 
Um, obviously, they drafted Jalen Hyatt, hoping that he could come in and be the deep threat, which he had a couple blips, but I just think he was just too, um, too, new. too new and too just too skinny. You know, he just yeah. needs to put on a little weight. I just don't think his body was ready for the NFL yet. Um, offensive line gave up the second most sacks in NFL history. Mm. I, I don't know if that's – I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> well, I mean, Daniel Jones could think it's probably possible. <laughs> so I feel like that's the biggest need in the draft. Uh, the defense, like you said, all, it regressed a little from 20th to 27th this year overall. The secondary was decent, and I think Deontay Banks looks like a promising corner, mm-hmm. who I'm assuming he'll just take Adoree Jackson's place. Yeah. And I really like their linebackers. You mentioned Thibodeau. Yeah. Uh, had a really good year. And Okariki, what was his name? Bobby Okariki. 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 He had a good year. Uh, so I like their linebackers a lot. Dexter Lawrence, he's a force at defensive tackle, even though four and a half sacks isn't you know anything great. But for a defensive tackle, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I like the ball still as the head coach going forward. But next year is make or break. And obviously, the, the Daniel Jones decision – you know, I mean, I'd like to hear some feedback from. But do you give him one more chance, or do you just completely scrap it and draft a quarterback? Because that's a lot of dead money if you cut him. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and type that up. Uh, it's a huge decision, and there's so many teams looking for a quarterback. It's like, are you going to get a Bryce Young, or are you going to get a CJ Stroud? You know, it just you just never know. And, you know, as far as uh, what I, you know, like you said, uh, you know, draft pick is six. They do need a quarterback. They do need a receiver. They do need a cornerback. And, you know, like you said, big points that you made. Uh, You know, one of the things that I would actually think about is if you actually do want to go quarterback, is this the best time to actually do it? Would you put bring him in when you're not really going to be paying him a whole lot of money? He's going to be on his rookie deal. You still have Daniel Jones. You can't really cut him just yet because if you do, you're going to be killing your cap space. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's that's kind of way I want to do it because you kind of just signed yourself into a corner with uh, with this deal with uh, Vanilla Vic. Yeah, And, you know, the way that I look at it is <clears throat> they do need offensive linemen. They need a lot. You know, it, yeah. it really and truthfully, especially if uh, Saquon Barkley is going to probably be gone next year. I uh, I honestly said, yeah. you know what? Go ahead. Hey, you can't pay big money to a quarterback and a running back. Yeah. I mean, they really have no choice. You have yeah. to let uh, this go. Yeah. So what I thought about was the fact that they had Darren Waller as pretty much their – number one pass catcher, and you look at everyone else. Mm-hmm. They don't have anyone else. <clears throat> so I figured Person Jr. would probably already be gone, so I went with Adonza. Seems like the name I've seen in most of the mock drafts, Adonza, it was clearly the number two wide receiver in the draft. Uh, you know, he's, he's physical. I think he's a little more ready than Jalen Hyatt mm-hmm. uh, for the NFL game. <clears throat> and, you know, assuming you don't go a quarterback, that to me is the clear cut pick. Yeah. I I just like his play style and everything. You need a big physical big physical big physical uh receiver. Mm-hmm. And you know when you have someone like Sterling Sharp, Sterling Sharp, but uh I wish they probably wish they had St- Sterling Sharp. Uh he could probably run better than uh Sterling <laughs> Shepherd. Shepherd. Yeah, thank you. Sh- Sterling Shepherd and uh Darius Slayton threat last couple times but 
you know, like you said, I had to go ahead and take it, the top off defense. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and uh, grab another guy like Adunzo, who is a big physical receiver that can actually still fly. Yeah, but you also need offensive linemen. So that's true. Maybe you go free agency with offensive line. Yeah, I mean, I would. So next team up, Tennessee Titans. Titans. Ooh. It was a rough year for the Titans. <laughs> it was a rough year for them. In fact, they went 6-11. and 11. Uh, Mike Vabrell is out. Uh, they'll be looking for a new uh, direction and a new face for the future. And uh, as they get, you know, they started off with Will Levis. Uh, the big question is what's going to happen? I think we all know. He's gone. He's pretty much gone. Uh, still have some threat uh, left on his tires, but, you know, the whole identity of the team and everything has been him. Uh, you know, you look at their receiving, you look at everything, it's not that great on def- on offense. Uh, defense was surprisingly solid, but not spectacular. They were ranked 18th in AP uh, against the pass and 13th against the run and gave up an average of 21.6, which was good enough for 16th. Uh, 32 teams, which dead in the middle, average. Uh, not surprisingly, the person that I actually, when we were talking about this, you might remember it, Aziz al Sayir was a guy that I brought up when they brought him on earlier this year. He was the backup mm-hmm. to uh, Fred Warner and Greenlaw over in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, that's right. And he actually uh, ended up leading the team in tackles by, with 163. And the next highest one was Jack Gibbons with 95. And, uh, oh, so, yeah. That's <laughs> so, a lot of tackles. It's a lot of tackles. He's in a lot. Uh, Denarco Antry and uh, Harold Landry had a combined 22 of their 45 sacks. And Antry will be a free agent at the end of the season. Key free agents, Tanny. Tanny Hill. Tanny Hill. <laughs> uh, Henry. Aaron Brewer, who's their center, uh, cornerbacks Christian Fulton, Seam Bunting, and wide receiver who has never done anything, Nick Westbrook. Wow. That's quite a list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It's another team that I think really needs offensive line. Uh, I know I've seen some mock drafts, Joe Walt, Notre Dame, possibly being mentioned. Um, But wide receiver, they have just – been bad at drafting receivers. You know, the guy from Arkansas just has been a complete bust. Uh, Hopkins had a few good games towards the end of the year. You know, he kind of turned it on the last half of the season. Uh, But, you know, Levis, he showed me a little more than I expected. He was a little bit better than I thought he would be. So I think you're okay at quarterback. I mean, he's got a huge arm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, body type, everything. He kind of reminds me of Josh Allen a little bit. Uh, So I know that's a lot of, you know, high praise <laughs> uh, i'm not saying it's josh allen but just no. the body type and the arm remind me of josh allen and i just think that you know you, you have to start with the foundation and protect that quarterback so i would go offensive line if i was them uh but the defense you know is overall overall it's decent i don't think you have huge concerns with the defense uh but they've just done a bad job drafting the last several years and that's the main reason the gm is gone uh, he's gone because he traded away A.J. Brown. Yeah, I mean, that will haunt them forever. That's just one of the all-time most boneheaded trades uh, yeah. that I can recall. It's up there with uh, the Deshaun Watson trade for Cleveland uh, Browns. Yeah, and I think uh, Henry deserves a chance to play for a contender, so I hope mm-hmm. he gets 
sent somewhere that you know has like a chance. San Francisco or Baltimore. Yeah, I, just somebody. Baltimore would be great. Yeah, you know, just a physical running back to complement Mar Jackson. That'd be perfect. And they have extra help with J- Gus Edwards being there too. Yeah, so yeah, and he and won't I, be the only hammer. I know he's what thirty or thirty-one, but hopefully he's got one more season in him. I think he's younger than that. I think he's in his late twenties. Jeez, my gosh. Also, one. Of the- <laughs> he's up there with Zion Williamson, one of those players. You just sit there and you're yeah. like, man. It feels like I've been watching Henry for over a decade now. Well, you just been really just sitting there watching Jacksonville. Like I have him in this highlight reel right now. Yeah, the the, Tex- the Texans, like you said, Henry has been their identity for a long time. So now they have to find a new identity, and I think Levis going forward is something to build on. Mm-hmm. So I, I wasn't a big fan of the pick and his game at Kentucky, but I thought he actually played pretty decent this year. Yeah. Um, so I, I do agree with you. I think they do need to go offensive line. I don't know, uh, if all, but there is another guy that has been kind of up on the draft boards and I'm about to butcher his name because he is plays from Penn state and his name is Aluma Iwana Fasunu. Wow. I, yeah, no, I, it's a lot of letters. Yeah. If he read, if he read what it said, like it to spell correct was all over the place with <laughs> this one. Um, but you know, uh, he basically is a very athletic uh, tight end. I personally, Joe Alt, of course, I can say that name, no problem. Yeah, that's easier. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, ever since they let uh, Taylor Lewan, uh leave, mm-hmm. you know, they've really struggled as far as having uh, any kind of identity, especially on the left side of that ball. You know, ever since he's been gone, which is last year. No, it was this year. Derrick Henry wasn't his usual. Everyone already said that, you know, he was a shell of his former self. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to happen. He's running 400 times a year. Yeah, that's going to happen to anybody. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think they're going to go offensive line. Why not? You went offensive line with Peter Skoronsky last year. Go ahead and yeah. finish that left side. So that was a solid pick. Yeah. They've done that's better solid. at drafting offensive linemen than they have at drafting receivers. Yeah. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, no. So we'll go on to the next one, which is a little bit closer to you. Ooh, who could that be? Yeah, you know who it is. <laughs> It'd be them dirty birds, man. Ooh, man. So, uh, Atlanta Falcons set, finished seven and 10. Arthur Smith is out after producing, not producing with three high draft picks in which he got Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson and did not develop Desmond Ritter. Although the offense is tailored for a QB-like Ritter, he never really truly looked like he was comfortable and struggled in his first and possibly his only year as a starter. Uh, The running back combo of Robinson Aguilera looked great. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everything else about that offense looks great. Um, Aguilera had a great season last year. Atlanta also didn't have a thousand yard receiver in the last two years. And Kyle Pitts, surprisingly, was your last one with a thousand and twenty six yards yeah. his rookie year. That yeah, seems like so long ago. Yeah. If it, I, well, I mean, <laughs> when, you, when your team just doesn't look like yeah. it's been doing much. Now, your defense has vastly improved from last year. Jesse Bates. Yeah, they were better. Yeah, Jesse Bates, really, he was worth the money. Kind of solidified the defense, yeah. Yeah, he had 132 tackles, six interceptions, and he got a touchdown and a purple nod. Um, another free agent pickup was uh, Caden Ellis, who came in from the New Orleans Saints. 
And Very solid. you really helped solidify that front. Now your team was ranked eighth in the pa- uh, passing yards given up and surrendering 21.9 points a game. And this year, one of the questions I want to ask you is, are y'all going to get a pass rusher finally? God, I hope so. I mean, y'all had 42 sacks, but are y'all finally going to get this pass rusher? I don't know, man. I mean, I felt like it was improved, but that last game against the Saints kind of left a bitter taste in my mouth. I think they gave up 40-something points to the Saints. Other than that, yeah, they were improved. I mean, Clayus Campbell, you know, the old man, still had some juice left and played pretty well. Uh, the free agents you mentioned, like Ellis, that they picked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, or home runs. Yeah, they played well. Uh, so the defense really wasn't a problem. It's just another one of those teams that the quarterback is just handicapping you. Mm-hmm. You just can't overcome the shaky quarterback play. And Bijan, obviously, I don't think he killed it, you know, in the running game, but the receiving game, he he really did a good job. Right. And, you know, you could tell the guy's going to be a star, obviously. Uh, but Drake London, I think, is a good player. He just needs somebody that can get him the ball. Kyle Pitts. I'm not as high on Kyle Pitts. You know, I, I think maybe he's just a bust. You know, he had a pretty good first year, but lately he's just disappeared. And, you know, maybe that's the quarterback play, but, um, you know, they're paying. One thing that disappoints me is they're paying a lot of money to the offensive line, and they're a little bit underwhelming this year. Yeah. You know, Arthur Smith coming from Tennessee, Derek Henry, that was supposed to be their bread and butter, the physical offensive line. Right. You know, big running backs. Uh, which they just didn't impose their will on many teams. And I th- you look at their payroll. I think three of the top six, te- three of the top six players are offensive linemen. Right. Uh, so Jay Matthews being one of them. Mm-hmm. It just you didn't get the return, you know, for the investment that you're putting into them. So you know, with around twenty million in cap space, they don't have a lot to work with. They're going to have to be picky in free agency. Uh, but I think quarterback is their biggest need. Obviously, is it's not you know a shock to anyone. But like I mentioned before, Bo Nix would be a guy, if they don't trade up, that might still be there. If not, you know, maybe free agency. Maybe somebody like Cousins just to offer him tons of money. But, you know, they'd have to cut some guys to do that. So it's a big offseason. Yeah. Mean, no, it, it just, it's time. The Falcons have been 7 and 10 for three straight years. Yeah. You know, it's time. Time to make the move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, free agents wise, you're going to have Jeff Akuda. Cordell Patterson, Mike Hollins, and Van Jefferson. Those oh, are the key ones. Yeah. The, those guys are trash. Yeah. Akuda <laughs> got from Detroit, and I had a little hope that the guy could play up to his potential. He was terrible. No. I uh, agree. Cordell Patterson, I like the guy, but he's, he's getting up 30 plus now. Yeah. It, you're, you're fine at running back. So, uh, free agents, I don't think they're lo- re- losing much. It, it's just time. You got to get the quarterback right. If they get yeah. that right, they're right there to compete for the division. No, yeah, and really and truthfully, y'all were competing up to the very end yeah. until your quarterback was the main thing. Yeah, that they kept you. Ba- bouncing back and forth between Haneke and Ritter. And you can't do that because, like, I uh, believe, I can't remember, maybe it was Steve Spurrier or whoever, but I remember them saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Yeah, and neither one were good. You yeah. know, Ritter finally had a good game the last game of the season, and the defense decides to take a crap and give up 40-something points to the Saints. Right. So... Yeah, you got to get quarterback right. So uh, your draft pick is number eight. You need a quarterback, offensive line, safety, edge, and wide receiver. And you, what did you say you're going for? I'm quarterback all the way. I mean, if Bo Nix is still there, I'm jumping on Bo Nix. Uh, I like him a little bit more than Penix. Uh, I don't know. 
that that game, the, the playoff game, just I'm sorry, the national title game, mm-hmm. just scared me a little bit. Uh, the way he threw off his back foot a lot. Uh, he just I don't know. He didn't really feel like he was in control. Very like little. Year. Yeah, he has very little mobility, and Bo Nix has that. So you know, if that guy's there, that's who I'm jumping on. I mean, I know they need a rusher bad. Uh, Campbell, I'm assuming, will probably retire after this year. But quarterback, like we all know, is is the the position by far. Gotta have it right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I also went quarterback too. Um, now this is just hypothetical. If this actually happened, this would be a coup for y'all. And I said Jaden Daniels. Oh my God, I would take Jaden Daniels in a heartbeat. <laughs> but I'm assuming he won't be there unless we trade up, which I don't want to give up a lot of draft picks to trade up. Yeah, and so one of the things that uh that the reason why I said Jaden Daniels now of course when I was typing this this was around the same time that uh, the national championship was going on and everything mm-hmm. like that so and Penix a lot of people are really sitting there talking about the fact that you know he has the injury history he has you know of course he has a few other things and everything like that but you know with me uh, Jaden Daniels was a uh, I, I could see him potentially going down that far. I think a lot of people will probably go for him, but yeah, you know, I see him as a top five. But if he slips to eight, then heck grab yeah. him. Yeah, grab him. Maybe like you said, get Kirk Cousins, bring him in. He could be the mentor or bridge player for because I mean it's Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean he's not got much more left. No, he doesn't have a lot of years. But the way he started this year, Kirk Cousins, I would take him in a heartbeat. Yeah, I don't think Falcons have that kind of money, but. You know, they got some players. And you got enough. So that'll do it for uh, this for right now. Uh, we'll be going with the Seth's Spotlight. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll probably wrap it up after that. Sweet. All right. back so uh unfortunately i didn't get to do this last week but i'm gonna go with the sec west grades for the year so we did the east a couple weeks ago and you know similar to georgia i gave bama an a minus uh we haven't really gone over the saban news yet uh because we just had so much on the on our plate but you know just their expectations are so high Mm -hmm. you know the loss to texas and then obviously the heartbreaking loss to michigan in the playoff I, th- I think they had a really good season because they're still pretty young. Milrow in his first year starting. Yeah. You know, I don't think uh, by any means that it was a disappointment, but for Bama's expectations, mm-hmm. I'd say a minus kind of like Georgia, just, you know, you expect a national championship every year. So <laughs> do you agree with that or would you, would no, you go I, uh, I would say probably maybe an A. Because really and truthfully, I I did not expect Alabama. I mean, you already know who I picked, and yeah, a lot of people were really shocked with the fact that I didn't go. I'm not a homer, um, but I pack, picked LSU to actually win the West. I thought it was going to be LSU against Georgia for the SEC championship, mm-hmm. and you know, it turned out not to be that. Um, 
But yeah, no, Milrow, especially after the Texas game, let's be real, a lot of us really felt like, you know, the end was here mm-hmm. for the dynasty and everything like that. But Milrow, since that game, getting benched for Lord knows what reason, uh, he turned it around, became a great quarterback, was able to actually carry that Alabama offense, and actually we almost beat Michigan. If it wasn't just for uh, uh, her in the later, later part of the game, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I think overall it was still a really good season. Uh, maybe not the end yeah. of, but hey, better I mean, than one of. But uh, see what the new coach DeBoer can do. Yeah, I mean you got another, and so there might not be much drop off. Uh, LSU, I got uh, with a B. Sky high expectations and tons of talent. It was a historical year offensively, uh, led by Jalen Daniels, the Heisman winner. The, opposite giving up tons the early losses to fsu and ole miss kind of took them out of the and i think a lot of people kind of forgot about them you know they just they weren't obviously going to be a playoff team so yeah i didn't really watch them that much uh but they did close the season strong putting up just tons of points uh so you know it's another team they kind of cleaned out their defense fired every coach you know brought in the defense coordinator from missouri so uh, we'll see you know next year they'll have a loaded roster once again yeah and lsu that that team was one that really kind of just kind of surprised me personally i mean also surprised you but it just their offense was clicking now if their defense would have been on same par as what their offense was able to do then they would have probably challenged for the championship i mean they are just that scary on offense especially with the fact that they had four of their five uh offensive linemen coming back from last year I mean, yeah. they were loaded last year, and everyone expected them to, you know, take that next step, but they really didn't. And so, yes. with that, you what was your grade? Uh, I gave them a B. I agree with that. I would say B, B minus, because I really expected them to really take that next step and potentially get a national championship this year. Yeah, yeah, the defense just let them down this year. But if you watch the bowl game, Garrett Nussmeyer really showed he's got some arm talent, mm-hmm. which we already kind of knew that from his. Uh, play that he got last year, but you know he's not going to be the runner that Jalen Daniels was. But the guy can throw uh, the ball; he can spin it. I right. think he had almost 400 yards in the bowl game. So I don't, I don't expect them to take a big step back next year. Uh, Ole Miss, I gave them an A. Uh, nice. To me, the Missouri of the West this is the best <laughs> year they that I could personally remember, even counting the Eli Manning years. Uh, the Rebs were dominant on offense, but they also had a respectable defense as well. And Kiffin, we've talked about this before, has mastered the transfer portal, and it showed with big wins over LSU, A&M, and Penn State in the bowl game where they just dominated Penn State. Uh, the only losses were to Alabama and Georgia, which you know you can't really hate on them too much for that. It's two of the best teams in the nation. Uh, Jackson Dart proved he's one of the toughest quarterbacks in the country, and he'll return again next year uh, to lead them again. The one question, the big question, who replaces Quinshawn Juckins after he entered the portal and joined Ohio State recently? So I'm sure they'll take another transfer, but losing Juckins, that's yeah, that would uh, that would hurt anyone, that's for sure. Yeah, that was surprising. Uh, so next, I have Texas A&M. I gave them a C minus. Another disappointing season <laughs> at the end of the Jimbo area. There we go. My camera's back. Oh, you're back. Yeah. <laughs> they basically lost to every good team they played. Uh, I guess their best win was a win over mediocre Auburn. 
uh, which there's no way to sugarcoat it. It was just a huge disappointment this year. Defense was positive, finishing 19th in the country. Obviously, the talent is much better than the results, and that's why Mike Elko is here now and not Jimbo Fisher. Uh, with several players in the portal and a new coach, there's going to be a lot of turnover before next season. But Elko did prove at Duke he can coach football, and he will he'll he'll do a good job there. I think he's a pretty good recruiter. Oh, definitely. I think that if anything, uh, like you said, as far as the grade goes, with uh, what's up? Uh, hey, Isaac. <laughs> uh, with everything that's going on, as far as like uh, with Texas A&M, you're spot on. Like they really have just with Jimbo Fisher just hit rock bottom. Yeah. You know, and you know, and of course now they got to pay all that money, but yeah, Elko is actually really good pickup. Uh, the fact that you even mentioned the, you know, that he, what he was able to do to Duke, you know, just imagine that, you know, they don't really even invest money in football over mm. at Duke and he's Bath going over. Yeah. He, they're going over to, uh, to, you know, to a school that's going to put all that oil money on it. And it's just one of those things where you sit there and you're like, man, that's, that's that's going to be big, and like you said, he can he can uh, recruit, he can do all them things, and he's going to be really great at whatever it is. Yeah, and he's already got experience. I mean, that's where he came from, so he's already got ties in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, they're losing a ton of uh, transfers this year, but I expect them in a year or two to bounce back and be a really really good team. That well, right. obviously, there's no divisions anymore, but a good team, the SEC. So Auburn, I gave them a C minus. Yeah. A very up and down season for Hugh Freeze's first season. They played uh, UGA, UGA and Bama down to the wire, but they also stunk it up against New Mexico State and Maryland in the bowl game. Uh, it almost seemed like Freeze was more focused on recruiting most of the season, and didn't you know he did finish with a top ten class. So you know maybe that's the case. Maybe other than those two big time games against Georgia and Bama, he was just right. focused on nothing but recruiting. Uh, but Quarterback for next year is the key because they can't go with Peyton Thorne if they expect to be a contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, they likely will hit the portal hard for quarterback. And, you know, I expect them to pull in somebody. You know, obviously Cam Ward already went to Miami, so I thought Cam Ward might be a good fit there. Uh, but they're going to get somebody, I think, better than Peyton Thorne next year. Uh, and once once Freeze gets his guys in place, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. Because he showed this year. Oh, no, he fought. Yeah, I mean, those Bama-Georgia games, they didn't have nearly the talent, but they stayed in those games. And I don't like Freeze as a guy, you know, just as a human (laughs) being, but the guy can coach football. So, uh, moving on. He puts those hoes to work. Yeah, he does. He definitely (laughs) does. You know, they they fired Cadillac Williams last week. Really? Yeah. And there's supposed to be some rumors about a little uh, situation in Nashville with some some, ladies. People of ill ill repute. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, so Arkansas, I gave them an F. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a team that really deserves that grade, that that's it right there. Especially when the video popped out of them like watching uh, the Polar Express while yeah, they got their classic. butts handed to them. Yeah, that was really classic. <laughs> it was a really rough year for Arkansas. It's hard to come up with any real positives. Uh, personally, I was surprised to see them bring Sam Pittman back mm-hmm. after this year, uh, after a disaster of a season. Uh, but you know he'll get one more chance, and of course he brings in the one and only Bobby Petrino Ooh. to come save the day. 
So this might be another coaching waiting situation. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't even know about that. After the whole uh, intern thing and motorcycle wrecks and all that, you think they uh, would actually give Bobby Petrina that? I, I mean, was shocked they brought him back, period. Yeah. I mean, good grief. You know, what does it take? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, they several guys have transferred out, including Rocket Sanders, who went to South Carolina. And, Big uh, pickup for South Carolina. Yeah, huge pickup. KJ Jefferson, who I don't think he's picked a team yet. Uh, but, you know, he was really good. Uh, quarterback for Arkansas, even though this yes. year wasn't too well. Uh, but, you know, Bob Petrino, he, he'll come in. I think he'll solidify the offense and hopefully at least give them an identity. You know, this year was just a nightmare on offense. They couldn't right. do anything. Uh, one, by, one bright spot for next year is they don't play either Georgia or Alabama. So that's something, you know, something positive for Razorback fans. Um, Mississippi State, I should go with them first because they got a D. <laughs> they didn't get an F. Well, they they probably also felt like they got the D. Yeah. So you know it's bad when your head coach gets fired in the first season, but you know sometimes you just know it's not working. Uh, their only SEC win was a seven three snoozer over hapless Arkansas, and that's the only reason I gave them a D is because they beat Arkansas. <laughs> but the early season win over Arizona that was a pretty solid win too. Yeah, looking back was. on Arizona's season, the offensive scheme it just didn't fit. You know with the pieces they had in place. And the normally stout defense just it just got worn out. You know, like who were we talking about in the NFL? The Giants. Yeah, they were just on the field constantly. Yeah, you know, they just they couldn't just tired. Yeah, exactly. At that point, you're you're grabbing for gas. Yep. And uh, Will Rogers, he finally moves on after what feels like 15 seasons, and now I think he's back in the portal. Uh, you know, what he went to Washington, mm -hmm. but obviously Washington's coach left, so I think he's back in the portal. Uh, so you know, now they have a leech disciple with Jeff Levy coming over from uh, Oklahoma. Apparently, they already have their new quarterback in uh, Blake Shapin, who came from uh, Baylor, who's had a couple of solid years at Baylor. So we'll see what Levy can do. I think that's a better it, – it probably should have been the call last year when you actually had the system already in place Right. You know, for a leech disciple. That was kind of a weird choice. Uh, but Zach Arnett, it just – it didn't work, and they pulled the plug quick. No, and and that's one of the things about that is that I thought Zach Arnett. I mean, it it felt like a one of those things like they were like, okay, we'll give him the shot because of what he was able to do in the bowl game and they beat yeah. Illinois and all that. Very emotional win, especially after what would all happened. How many times does that work though? You know, where you yeah. promote the guy, you know, just based off of like, you know, that really feels like feel good win it right feels. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things where I don't know, man. Uh, just needed someone that they really needed to really re-grab that identity that they had before, before yeah. Leach left. So. And, and you look at what Kiffin's doing in Mississippi, uh, you have mm -hmm. to get a exciting offensive brand in there, I think, to get some of these playmakers to even give them a look. Right. So I think that was the right call with Levy. No, I agree with that. Who coached with Kiffin at Ole Miss two years ago. So, hmm. But, yeah, let, let's move on to your news. Oh, <laughs> So uh, one of the things that we will be announcing uh, probably to a broader uh, audience is that we're going to be starting up a podcast network. Uh, me, Seth, Isaac, uh, who is on the Fun Football Podcast Network. And we will be – we're in the works of it right now. Um, we will have a couple of YouTube channels and everything mm -hmm. like that. And uh, – as Isaac's telling me as he's working on something, but, um, yeah, no, we're super excited. Uh, we will be also working in some cahoots with, uh, another, uh, network called shady 
uh, sports network, which I'm not 100 sure about that, but you know, is Eminem involved in with us? Yeah, uh, that's what I, that's first person I thought about. It I was like, you know, without me, but uh, <laughs> but uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll uh, continue on with this. We uh, and one of the other reasons why we did this is we've talked about possibly you know moving in five years or so, and if that's the case, we could still do our show. Oh, of course, yeah. So. Uh, we'll see what okay, a big loss for Bluffton, South Carolina. Though. I mean, a huge, huge, huge loss for Bluffton, <laughs> South Carolina. But hey, you know, ATL will love it if you move back over that way or if Tennessee or wherever you end up going. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, pretty much that's that's the I, I called it a minor announcement on my Facebook page. I got a minor oh, announcement. I mean, so sounds exciting to me. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. It's something to do. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Thanks everybody for joining the show tonight. We appreciate it. So I'm looking forward to the next week. Yeah. Some more playoff games to talk about. Yeah. So you got some quick, just quick predictions for this weekend. I know we kind of touched on them, but you got winning this weekend. So uh, as far as like uh, the Baltimore, they're playing. Who are they playing? Uh, Buffalo's playing Kansas City. I actually think Buffalo's yeah, Baltimore and Texans. Uh I think Baltimore is going to win that game. Got to go with Baltimore. I mean, I know, like uh, Isaac was saying, Jackson hasn't had a lot of success in the playoffs, but man, I mean, they've just been so solid this year. It'd just be, it wouldn't be shocking to see the Texans beat them, but man, Baltimore can't lose this game. No, no, at home. And I mean, the Mahomes Josh Allen feud will uh, rivalry, not feud. You have to hate the other guy. call it a feud but uh the rivalry between those two it it will continue on this just adds another chapter to it another couple pages at least of these two guys going head to head but i think that you know this will be mahomes first game playoff game away from arrowhead so really looking forward to that i really want to see what happens but i think josh allen's going to win that one Packers, it was a great run. I just don't think you're all going to do what y'all were able to do with Dallas. I think San Francisco has the defense to kind of clamp you down. Yeah. Um, and the running back. Yeah. And I mean, Pollard versus McCaffrey is a big difference. That's a huge difference. The but, only, and also another key stat about it is, you know, you saw how the Packers were able to put the pressure on them. Now, San Francisco's offensive line is a little on the weak side, you know, middle tier. If there is a weakness yeah. on that team, it is their offensive line. But that's not, that's really not saying much because it's still good. And Brock Purdy has a really good QBR rating against pressure yeah let's put on him i think it's over 100 maybe 107 and so many weapons you know, yeah. outside I mean, I mean he's throwing it up and it, you got debo Samuel, you got kittle you got Ayuk, you got mccaffrey if mccaffrey's tired you can hand it off to mitchell i mean there's so many things yeah i think it's a, a bit much to ask uh <clears throat> packers to win back to back at dallas and san francisco but yeah. i think the way the packers played last week you can't count them out i mean i think they have puncher's chance in that game oh yeah no they they definitely could be the buster douglas of the nfl Ooh, on this one buster douglas yeah <laughs> yeah i just took you back again didn't i i remember watching that match yeah when was that i mean Gosh, i can't remember what year that was but for some reason that wasn't on pay-per-view it was actually on regular tv and <laughs> i actually remember that too it was just like one of the most shocking things i've ever seen because tyson at that moment was just an animal 
I was scared for the guys when he would walk up to this, the ring. I mean, oh, he's sitting there and he's just the whole time when they're announcing, he's just going back and forth, just, you know, not breaking eye contact. But yeah, no, that I think San Francisco, I mean, like you said, a puncher's champ. Yeah, that I, I'll say they got a chance, but not yeah. really. So Detroit, our last one, Detroit and Tampa Bay, you still going with Detroit on that? Hmm. Well, the person I originally haven't going to play the San Francisco 49ers and that was the Rams. And so they're not, obviously. Yeah. But uh, I think the Buccaneers will probably beat Detroit. Wow. I Man. just, I, the, the defenses is where, where I look at. Defense wins championships. Buccaneers yeah. have a decent defense. The Detroit, Detroit secondary does a, scare me a little yeah, bit. Yeah. The front seven of Detroit, really good. That secondary, though, especially the guy that, you know, I think it was uh, uh, Gardner Johnson who was doing the cheap shots on the tight ends' knees. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Detroit's de- their secondary does scare me a little bit, but I think at home, I don't think Baker plays that well back to back weeks on the road. Uh, still go with Detroit, but yeah, all four of these games, man, I think they'll be really close. I hope they're better than the lat this past week. I mean, the only one I was really happy with was the Rams Lions. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. I yeah. mean, I haven't looked at the ratings, but yeah, that was by far the best game. The other ones were pretty much decided after the first quarter. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait to talk about them next week. Yeah, we will. And uh, pretty much will do us for tonight. Y'all have been great. Patty, thank you for sticking with us the Thanks whole about. time. And uh, Isaac, y'all take it easy. We're out again. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're part of it. <laughs> All right, later, y'all. Later.